Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. All right, I want to start by talking about vision. It's one of my favorite favorite themes. And, and it was funny because Christina and I, we went to the eye doctor a while back, and, and I get in there, I go first, and I'm back there, and my eyes are way worse. Like, I have to get new, uh, new prescription. I have to get new glasses, the whole, uh, the whole thing, right? And Christina goes back there, and she comes back, and her eyes got better. <laughs> I don't even know how that happens, but her prescription improved, right? She, she doesn't even need her glasses. I don't even know why she wears them anymore. <laughs> but um, her eyes improved all the way to 2020, it's crazy, right? We all have different things when it comes to vision. And my guess is that most of you had uh, similar experiences of some sort with uh, blurred vision, right? Since the majority of, of people use some sort of uh, vision correction, whether it's, it's glasses or, or contacts or, or something of the sort, right? You know that, that not being able to, to see well can be a frustrating thing. It just can be, and we know that. It can be a little uh, disorienting and confusing. It can cause you to miss out what is happening uh, all around us, right? It can be uh, frustrating to be unable to read things or, or to see things that are right in front of us. But, but take a look at this, right? When an expert, like a, a vision doctor, an optometrist, right, or a doctor, can see the issue and help you find the right corrective lenses, the world, it comes back into focus, right? When we, when we have the right corrective lenses on our face, right, or in our eyes, I don't know how people wear contacts, I can't do that, but it helps things get back into focus, right? The concept of vision has also been used as a spiritual metaphor, right? We know that, right? On, on one side of this coin, when we're talking about vision, when our eyes are, are opened spiritually, I, we can see clearly how life should be lived, how we should uh, move forward or what we, we should do, the vision that we're supposed to have. And then there's also the opposite idea, the other side of that same coin, right? If we are, are blind spiritually, right, we cannot uh, see the purpose of life, right? We, we, we can't see the, uh, the, the road that we must take or the, the things that we need to accomplish, right? We can miss out on so much beauty that is all around us, and we can miss out if we're blind spiritually on the, the power, the, the God power that is all around us in this world. And what is cool, and what's exciting, and why I'm excited about this, this new series that we're entering into uh, today for the next few weeks, is that the metaphor of spiritual blindness is especially popular with Jesus. It really is, right? In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he said that one of the reasons that he came into our world Right? One of the reasons that he came, just like we celebrated at Christmas, that he came into the world is so that he could give sight to the blind. He can give vision to the visionless. Right? Now, now look at this, right? 
Right? Jesus, the God that we're forging our life on, he, he recognized that spiritually speaking, people were just stumbling around in the darkness, right? And, and now look, right, let's, let's just take it a little bit further because he does, and we're going to see this uh, today and in the weeks to come. What is worse, and Jesus knows this, what is worse is that they didn't even know they were in the dark, right? People are stumbling around in the darkness, and what is worse, they didn't even know that they were in the dark, that there could be a, a light switch. So Jesus, he comes to show people the truth to give light, to give vision, to give sight, to give understanding, he came, on to, he came to flick the light switch on, right? And that's what he did, right? Jesus knew people were frustrated. They were disoriented and missing out on the beauty that their, their heavenly father, their creator had for them. That they were not living their best lives. That, that people aren't living a life that is forged on him, right? And he wanted people to, to see that and to experience a brand new, exciting, better, and more abundant life, as it says in Scripture, right? He wanted people to live a life that is, that is forged on him, right? And for, for all who would listen and, and pay attention to this message, to, to this, this need for sight, for for clarity, Jesus was more than willing. He was more than willing to, to open their eyes and to show them how to do just that, right? to, to obtain that. Right? But, but even though Jesus wanted people to see, right, there was an interesting problem. Isn't there? Always, right? Not everybody wanted to see. That's, that's the problem, right? Most, most people prefer to stay in the dark. It's even true now. Most people prefer to stay in the dark, which, which begs this question, why would anyone want to stay blinded? Right? Why would anyone want to stay blinded? I spent some time over the, the Christmas season with my father-in-law, and he, he's, uh, he went blind later in life after he retired. Uh, from coaching football and teaching, he, he went blind. And uh, I, I, I guarantee you, if you asked him if he could see again, if he want, would want to see again, he would say, yes, right? I would want to see again. I would want my sight back, right? And so the question is, is why would anyone want to stay blinded? It's just not, spiritually speaking or physically, it's just not something that we would, we would want. And the simpler answer to that is that having our eyes opened Right? In a spiritual sense, means that you now know the truth, right? right? We're all familiar with the phrase that ignorance is what? Bliss, right? Ignorance is bliss. And so if that's true, and it really is sometimes, right? That's why people sometimes want to stay blinded. Or they don't want to see, right? Because they don't want to know the truth. And when and we come to know the truth, we probably will have to change uh, some aspects, uh, some, some things about our life, and not everyone wants to do that. In fact, I'm willing to bet that most people don't want to do that. Right? People tend to want to stay in their comfort zone, right? and making personal changes is a little uncomfortable. Plus, it always costs something for that change to happen. Right? Maybe we're a little bit of afraid to give up a relationship, 
That's not healthy, right? Maybe we're afraid to give up our, our current lifestyle or, or something that we're, we're used to doing. Maybe we're even afraid of losing something that we know is bad for us, but we just want it anyways, right? Cheesecake, right? No, I'm kidding, right? There's, there's more serious things than cheesecake, right? Listen, Foundry Church, there could be a million reasons why people do not want their spiritual eyes opened. There could be a million reasons why we don't want our sight to be restored. And like we've said already, Jesus, though, uh, the God that we're forging our life on, Jesus, God in the flesh, God the man, right, wants us to live a life full, our best life, a life abundantly, and that's a life of vision. A life of clarity, a life of understanding, a life of, of purpose. He doesn't want us to miss out on seeing clearly. But he also knows that, that it will cost us to see and to, to, to live this way. To live with 2020 vision. It's going to cost us something, right? Just like glasses cost a little bit of money. So let's look at it like this, right? The question that we have now shifts to this, right? How can we make sure we're living with our eyes opened, right? How can we make sure, as people who are trying to do our best to live our best life, a life that is forged on God, make sure that we're living with our eyes open? And then, take it even a little bit further, how can we make sure we aren't the type of person who's blind, willfully, or ignorantly, right? Who's just living blinded. Right now, that is the tension that we need to peel uh, like an onion uh, this morning to, to set up our context for the next couple of weeks, the weeks to come, where we talk about our vision, the vision in our lives, and the purpose that God has for us as individuals and as a, as a church. But I, want, but I want to just start by setting that foundation, by setting this context and, and looking at it in a very unique way, right? During his time on earth, uh, Jesus had several key encounters with physically blind individuals. And this gives us insight into that other side of the coin, from physical blindness to, to spiritual blindness. And, and these encounters show us how Jesus can, can help us see the potential roadblocks that are just keeping us from having perfect spiritual eyesight. 2020 vision, right? And we find one particular encounter in both the books of, of Mark and Luke. It's the same story. And the story begins where I'm going to look at it today is in Luke chapter 18, if you have your Bibles. Go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 18. And as you're turning there, uh, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats there in front of you. And you can take those with you. They are free. Uh, you can take them, use them, give them away, have them. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 18, or you can download that on that little QR code on some of the chairs there and uh, click the Bible tab. It's an app, the Foundry app. It's free. Click the Bible tab, and today's scripture is pulled up there for you. And you can do that online, too, there in the comments is a code, and you can download the Bible. Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 39 is where I want to start. It says this, as Jesus approached Jericho, he was walking to Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. And they told him that uh, Jesus, the Nazarene, was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Now Luke, the account that we're reading, this gospel account that we're reading, uh, does not tell us the blind man's name is, is Bartimaeus. Uh, they, they tell us that in, in Mark's account. But this blind man, his name is, is Bartimaeus. And, and Luke, I think, is being a little bit considerate. Um, since the name Bartimaeus literally means the son of filth, all right? That's what his name means. And Bartimaeus obviously knows and knew what his name meant, and he had been both a beggar and he's been blind, and he understood that he was the very definition of an outcast, of the low man on society's totem pole. Right? And because he was so low on that totem pole, on society's scale, what happened next was a, a huge surprise to everyone. Just look at verse, verse 40 there. It says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Right? Keep, keep your finger there. Right? Did you guys catch that question? And what do you want me to do for you? That's a, that's, a, that's a little bit of a weird question, isn't it? Right? Because, because the answer is obvious, right? What, what does this blind man want? He, he, he wants to see, right? The, the question may appear pointless at best and heartless at worst, right? It's like when Christina says, hey, do you want to go out to eat tonight for dinner? Yes, of course, right? We know the answer, right? We, we know the answer. Right now, now it's important, though, first to kind of zoom out on this and to understand what would it cost for Bartimaeus to see again. Like, what is the, the cost for this man to have his, his sight to be restored, right? And so to zoom out in the, in the traditional Middle Eastern society where they're living, beggars were a recognized part of the community. They were understood to play in an important role in society, right? Because every, every pious and, and religious person was expected to give to the poor and to the needy. But if, if the poor and the, the needy weren't available to receive, right, how, how could the religious people fulfill this duty, right? How, how could they feel good about themselves? And also, right, when the, the poor received these handouts, they would stand up and they would loudly proclaim that the giver was the most noble person that they had ever met, and they would invoke God's, God's grace and blessing on the giver and his family. They would make a big deal about it. So in a, in a weird way, the system benefited both the, the poor and the rich. Right? The, the disabled were guaranteed money, and, and the rich were guaranteed uh, public praise. So in this society, in this culture, it was kind of a win-win situation. But if, but if Jesus healed Bartimaeus, the, this blind man, Bartimaeus would lose his primary source of income. Right, his well-being, right, uh, which would be a major problem for someone like him, right. During this time, he was blind from birth, right. He he would have no education. He would have have no training or an employment record. He would have no marketable skills, 
right? If he was healed by Jesus in this moment, it would be extremely difficult for him to find a new way to support himself. All right, that, that's the situation, right? So, so in a way, it was almost if Bartimaeus is in his best interest would be to remain blind, right? That, in his best earthly interest, it would be best for him just to remain blind, right? Simply, simply put, even though Bartimaeus suffered blindness, gaining something as precious and invaluable as eyesight, right, would actually cost him. It would cost them something dearly, right? To put another way, right? A sacrifice would be involved. There was going to need to be something that was going to need to be sacrificed, right? So, so when Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you, right? What, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus was recognizing that healing this man would cost this man something. Right? Jesus knew that in many ways his life might be more difficult than it was before. <laughs> He's recognizing that. He knew that if Bartimaeus' life had the potential to be completely different than the life that he had known up to that point. And so here's the, the doctrine, right? the, the doctrinal lesson, the, 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 the truth from this section of God's word. Right? Take a look. Jesus knew that while his grace... Right? His, his grace is free, right? The change caused by the grace wouldn't be cheap. It's not going to be cheap. It's free. It's free for us. It's free for Bartimaeus, but it's not going to be cheap. There's going to be a price. Right? Look back at verse 41 there. Right? When, uh, verse 40, it says this. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him, right? And the man came near. Jesus asked him that question, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. Now this, like we said, was a game-changing moment for Bartimaeus. It's a game-changing moment for this man, right? Uh, on one hand, he was regaining his sight, uh, which is just an invaluable gift. Right? We, sight, very important thing. Right? He stepped into an entirely new life and an adventure. But on the other hand, right, he was leaving his old life behind, he was leaving a, a degree of comfort that he knew, right? He was, he was giving up predictability, right? He, he was giving up his, his status quo, right? He, he was giving up the only life he had ever known. Taking this step, making uh, this decision and receiving his sight wasn't a simple choice, it really wasn't, right? The, uh, this moment created a defining line between his old life and his, his new life. Right? Yeah, take, a, take a look at this, right? Uh, the step to what was next required sacrificing what had always been. That was the price. Right? To take this new step, to live this new life, to have this vision, meant sacrificing what he had always had, what had always been. 
right? Just like Bartimaeus, we are all blind in some areas of our lives, right? I mean, just be honest, right? Don't think you're, you're too manly or too whatever uh, to be godly, right? Be honest, right? We're all a little bit blind. We just are, right? We might be blind to our own selfishness. We might be blind to our own lack of, of generosity or to our pride or our legalism or, or to our, our favoritism in our, our family or friends, right? We all have blind spots. And just as Jesus asked Bartimaeus, he's asking us this, what do you want me to do for you? The God of the universe. What do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Foundry Church, right? This is such a huge question because it forces us to ask ourselves, do we really want to see? Do we really want to see? Do we really want to have vision? Do we really want to live our best life, a life, as Jesus says, uh, to the full, abundant, a life that is forged on him, right? If our eyes are open, it's going to compel us to live differently because the profound reality is this, right? Look, the way we see will determine the way we live. And that's what it comes down to, right? The, the way we see will determine the way we live. If we want our eyes open so that we can follow Jesus better, that we can forge our life on him more and more, we're going to have to change how we live. What we do is going to force us to deal with our fear. It's going to force us to deal with our anxiety, our stinginess, our lack of kindness, our potential unwillingness to love and to pray for our enemies, and on and on and on. Right, we'll, be, we'll be forced to deal with some areas of our lives that we just don't want to deal with. That we'd rather just be ignorant to. Be blind to. And I get it. Right? Honestly, right? I get it, right? It seems easier just to keep the things in our lives the way that they are. Right? Even when we face the opportunity to have our eyes opened and experience new life, we all feel the pull to stay blind and comfortable. <laughs> and listen, right? Being spiritually blind, it is comfortable. It is, right? It requires nothing of us. Seeing, having vision, God-given vision is costly, but it's worth it. It's so worth it, right? And so as the, as the band comes up, I, I love that Bartimaeus, this, this, this man had the courage to put his livelihood at risk so Jesus could open his eyes, even no matter how small his livelihood was, right? Ultimately, it was worth the risk and the cost to be able to see, right? And Jesus wants us to see clearly, he really does, right? He doesn't want us to walk through life disoriented. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want us to be confused or complacent or just hiding under the covers in the dark, right? He wants us to walk full of, of purpose and clarity as we follow him through our own unique journeys, as we follow him in a life 
that is forged on him. So, so now the question goes to this. Where do you think you're blind in your life? Where are those blind spots in your life? What is something you know that needs to change? But you just can't seem to move toward that change. Now, if you don't know, if nothing just pops up in your mind as we continue to worship and as we, as we go through this day and maybe later this week you take a moment and you think about this question. What are the things that I know I need to change but I'm just afraid or I'm too comfortable to let Jesus help me? Think about that. What are those things? And we all have them. We all have them. And if you still don't know, after spending some time thinking about this, nothing's popping into your mind right away. You thought about this for a while. You gave it a good effort and it's good time. Ask someone who knows you and loves you. Right? My, my guess is that people, the people closest to you, they'll know your blind spots. Right? <laughs> they will. And listen, all of us, like we said, have them. All of us have areas where we need Jesus' help. And the best news is this. Even if our loved ones don't know, if we ask him, he's going to reveal them to us and he's going to help us through them. Right? If we put our faith in Jesus, if we forge our life on him and put our faith in his vision and his purposes, the best outcome for you is there. You're going to find clarity. You're going to find purpose. You're going to find joy because he is there for you. Even in those blind spots. Will it be easy? Heck no. That's partly why we call this place the foundry. Forging a life on God is not easy. It is our best life. It's not easy. It's hard work. It's metal pounding metal and shaping and and refinery and, and creating, but it's worth it. It is so, so worth it. So as we stand, let's continue to worship with another song here, and let's think about that. What do I need to change, but I'm just too afraid to, too comfortable to let Jesus help me? We're going to dig into this in the weeks to come, but right now, let's just think about that as we prepare to seek his vision more and more. Let's stand and worship together.